0: This is Dating After Death, a podcast sorting out all the complicated emotions that come along with looking for love again after losing our forever person. And I am your currently anonymous host. Today's interview, I'm actually sitting down together for the first time with, we'll say, a family friend. We're with Jack and Veronique today, and Jack and I know each other from real life, and so it's a little different than our normal podcast. But I really wanted to talk to them because, first of all, and this is probably information for you both, that I actually have regular requests to talk to people who are outside of their 30s or 40s because I think a lot of people who are following my Instagram page are in that age range, 30 to 40, and it feels, I think, to those people who are outside of that, a little more manageable to sort of start over at that age. And people in their 50s reach out and say, this is a hard time of life to start over. So I've been saying, I have a couple. (laughs) They're coming. And
1: and we're in our 50s. Yes,
0: perfect. And And in addition to that, you are both actually widowed. And so that is a unique perspective as well. Jack, maybe you'd like to start. Can you just tell us about your marriage and your late wife and kind of your life before?
1: Sure. So Deb and I were married 22 years, three sons. We met when I was working back for a summer while I was in grad school in D.C. and just a common friend was invited to a dinner party. And, you know, back then it's post-college. So just, you know, everybody can't, you know, like he brought me as a friend and I met Deb. And uh, it wasn't until later I'd come back to finish up school that a cousin of mine had started dating a good friend of hers. You know, they conspired to set us up. (laughs) And so we dated uh, long distance for, you know, close to two years before we tied the knot, moved here to the Chicago area and raised three boys before she got sick with cancer and, and passed very quickly. Yeah.
0: And she had cancer several times, right?
1: She did. Actually, she, she had three bouts of it. The first two, you know, didn't feel life-threatening, indeed they weren't, you know, yeah. she had had breast cancer, but we caught it early and then she had thyroid cancer. They say they were all unrelated and then okay. she, she had a, a fatty tissue you know, liposarcoma, uh, which, which moved faster than we expected. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When I heard the news of that diagnosis, I heard that it was going to be two months for her. So you all sort of had that in the back of your mind, right? That there was sort of this end date and I know it lasted longer than that, but do you feel like before she passed that you did some grieving of your life as you knew it?
1: Um, well, no, because I, you know, we weren't thinking two months. I, I don't know, you know, when when you heard yeah. that or at what point, you know, it was a difficult. It's a difficult cancer, that particular one, because they can't, they can't, you know, chemo and radiation don't work particularly well. You got to have surgery, and it was in a place where it was going to potentially disrupt blood supply, so mm. it was really tricky. But we had talked to a friend who we had known uh, when our kids were twenty years younger, who were in preschool together. Mm-hmm. And, and we talked to her. <laughs> Twenty years later, she was still, still battling it. I mean, yeah. it had never gone away, but she'd had recurrences and surgeries, and you know, but what was still working was. Still, and so for us, it was a chronic condition. We just yeah. in our heads, we were just going to have to deal with this for a long time. Nobody was giving us great prognosis. It'll ever go away. Yeah, but. You know, we looked up the data and it said, you know, five-year survival rates were, I can't remember the exact figures, but over 50%. So we were quite hopeful. Um, And the way it works, at least for us, and I know a lot of other people, you you know, just in your head, you kind of latch onto the most hopeful outcome. So, you know, right up until the time she went into hospice, you know, she even said on the way out the door to hospice, she goes... I thought I'd beat this. Mm. I I really thought I was gonna, you know, survive this. Yeah. You know we we didn't, we didn't really. Go. The the week in hospice mm-hmm. was the hardest week.
0: Yeah. So you really remained hopeful through all of that. Do you feel like, in that final week, you were able to have any of these hard conversations that people have about the future or?
1: Uh, not really. I mean, at that point, she was pretty sick. We were getting treated back at at Dana-Farber. So I was kind of scrambling to get the kids back. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. No, we didn't. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. She did say at one point, before she'd gone off, there was sort of moments of like, when she said to me at one point, she said, I've been racking my brain trying to think of who would be a good partner for you.
0: Mm. Yeah, that feels like her. She wanted (laughs) to have everything in order.
1: (laughs) She did have a lot of instructions from me, I will add. Did
0: she? Yes. (laughs) Did she write them down? (laughs) She did.
1: She did. And she shared them with everybody else. And so I got a (laughs) lot of phone calls after she passed. Like, you know, Deb wants to make sure that you arranged uh, for testing for the kids for, you know, this and that. And, you know, so she had lots of things on her. She had lots of lists. She was a list maker. Yeah. And so uh, she... She outsourced that. She didn't okay. trust me to, get, to keep it all in my head, so I had lots of people saying, well, "Hey, just wanted to check in on you," and you know, yeah, you were in the yeah. midst of trauma, so yes. that was probably right.
0: wise, right. right? Exactly. So, Veronique, your story with your late husband. Um,
2: we met in uh, 1997, and this like on this magical trip that we we both were in uh, in Mexico City, which are originally from. It was pretty, it's one of those amazing connections we had. And then we did not see each other for a year, and then there was a, an opportunity to see each other a year later through another kind of official visit. And um, and we just had a, anyway, we, we, we really hit it off. And this was in May, and we were engaged in September and married in November. It oh was my goodness. very quick. <laughs> you know, I was, uh, you know, in my early 30s. He was older than I am. We kind of knew. It was a pretty it, it was amazing. We had an incredible um, relationship. Really, all well, my friends would say, you know, pretty magical. It was mm-hmm. incredible. He was an extraordinarily smart man, and I, I was just in awe of him. And I think he adored me. We adored each other. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, we have two boys who are uh, now 17 and 20. You know, they were just it's such a joy. We traveled a lot um we lived in the city and then we moved out to, to Evanston when i was pregnant with my with my second one mm. and then we we moved here and just thought everything everything was going great i mean we really had one of those incredible relationships yeah. it was really wonderful yeah. um and then june 2nd i mean january 2nd of 2017 you know, he had like a side a pain on his side and we went to the doctor and we thought he had like, I don't know what, never in a million years did we think that he would have cancer. Mm. He was a really healthy guy. Very, you know, just like never went to McDonald's a day in his life, <laughs> never smoked a day in his life. He was a snob, actually, a total mm. snob about all that kind of stuff. <laughs> he was a total gourmet person. I mean, he was a very sophisticated human being. He was yeah. an amazing person. And I just thought, what the fuck? Yeah. Why did he get this? And I would look around and all these people who are so unhealthy, and he was just amazing, and I, I just, it was, it just felt so unfair, and yeah. um, it was, uh, it was, I guess, it, it was his liver that had lesions, and then apparently it was lung cancer, non-smoker's lung cancer, he'd never smoked a day in his life, mm-hmm. and the problem with lung cancer is that it's usually not found until it's already met- metastasized into mm-hmm. different parts of, of, of his body, so it was in his liver, in his brain, in his bones, and in his, what do you call in his lungs and uh i i cannot even explain i mean i'm sure people who are listening to this can relate to the that feeling that your whole life is just you just can't understand um so and and i looked up you know talking about percentages that it was like a four percent chance of i mean it's like stage four cancer yeah and uh and my kids were you know still young and i um I didn't tell them, so I just had to live with it for a while. And and then we we finally said, you know, we need to actually start telling them. And we we didn't tell them the truth, like we wanted to sort of. And and to your point, and so we really kind of thought that he would, you know, he would get better. And he and he did. Interestingly enough, he did for a while. He survived longer. I mean, we did treatments all over Chicago, and then Dana Farber was one of the places where they had a clinical trial. Mm. So we went there
0: every single week weeks and weeks and weeks and And Dana-Farber is in In Boston Boston, yeah Yeah, so that's not a small thing
2: it was a lot you know but we didn't want to move there like I really you know we wanted our lives to be here and you know he continued to work and thank God his employer was unbelievably supportive and to your point it was until like I think just about when he went into hospice that he actually thought Mm. he was going to die and then in um in October of 2018 so this is a year almost two years after his first diagnosis he when he was very weak every time we went to Dana-Farber we, he was in a wheelchair mm. and it was really weird I became yeah. like a caretaker it's you know anyway we did everything we could and, yeah. and then he went into hospice and then you know passed away November 5th of 2018 mm. he, he he died in in our house mm. and my kids we were all in, in his study together I was holding wow. his hand and it was just Absolutely awful. Yeah. But it was like this whole feeling of how can somebody so brilliant Mm. just go? Like just evaporate.
0: What happens to that energy and the space that they take take up? The extraordinary brain and the
2: extraordinary, like, it's just the most painful thing in the world. Thank God for my kids because otherwise I wouldn't be here. I really don't imagine that I could have.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. They test me and they're keeping me alive. Yeah. 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 Um, obviously I'm really struck by the fact that you both sit here and you can do this thing with each other, having found love again, where you can sort of trade off grieving and really understand each other at a level that I think is, feels desirable for those of us looking for partnership again. Does this happen often?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, it does. Yeah, we cry a lot.
0: Yeah. We do. Yeah. Some things will
2: trigger it, right? Like yeah. it was, to be honest, I, could, I couldn't imagine being with somebody who had not experienced this because my husband is like, like my whole house is the shrine to him, basically. Mm. I mean, every single book, every single piece of art, every single piece of furniture, and I, it like lives with me and yes. I want it there and my mm-hmm. kids want it there and it's intertwined with who I am. And yeah. I would not want to be with somebody who would be threatened by that.
0: Yeah. You yeah. know,
2: and I, that's why for a long time, I was like, I completely convinced I would never want to be with anybody else so mm-hmm it was like not. And I think somebody who's kind of experienced that sort of gets it. You want to hang on to anything that kind of makes you feel like they're still alive, I guess.
0: Yeah. I talked to a lot of women about how it takes a very strong man to step into this role when you're still carrying such an enormous love for your spouse. And then to listen to the way you talk about your husband and to talk about your wife and to have that understanding of like there's no threat here this is no, just a beautiful part of our story and a tragic one it,
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Veronique said it. it's sort of central to the relationship for us that yeah. that we're able to share that and and not feel jealous you know he was a brilliant man i joke with her that she went for the dumb jock after having <laughs> you know been married to this uh, brilliant guy for <laughs> forever um but well yeah, all
0: sides of our personality need feeding yeah. so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly but yeah there there is it, it's nice that there's some you know that parallel story there yeah and we can share it with one another's kids too yeah. right yes, you know that's important to to talk about their dad or their mom mm-hmm. you know, and Veronique is lovely and the kids have been really supportive, which is important.
0: yeah, I really want to get to the kids, but before we do that. Did you know each other before?
1: Just barely. Okay. Right. We, we we live in the same town and we had I think met at one party. We had a number of friends in common. And
0: okay. so then how did your paths end up crossing?
2: Well, the one friend that we have in common is a very close friend of mine. And she was a very close friend of of Deb's. And that's how I knew Deb a little bit, just from bumping into her in in the streets and stuff. And she was going to get treated at Dana-Farber. And we had just, I had just lost my husband like six months before. Mm. And so my, our friend in common said to me, would you be willing to to talk to her about Dana-Farber? Oh, so you
0: met her as she was going through treatment? Yes. Oh, wow. wow. I
2: met her and we became is you know her she was Mm -hmm. an intense person yeah and i was in a very like i don't know if people can relate to this but i think after you've had a loss like this the world is like in technicolor like everything is so like hyper colorful and you react to things i mean you're super emotional you're like Mm -hmm. so tender and so i i connected with her in in a pretty deep way like we shared books i talked about some things she went back and forth and then we would go on walks. Um, so I became pretty close to her Yeah, in a very quick...
1: Brief period of time. Brief period yeah. of time, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that was my story with her, too. She, it was like she went so deep with people in that time. You know, it was like yeah, she just opened time. up, right? Yeah, like she did. Let's let's did. talk about the hard stuff and do the big things. And Okay, so you befriended her, yeah. and so then obviously interacted no, with Jack a little bit. No, we actually did not
2: interact at
1: all. Not at the time, no. They would just take walks and uh, I mean Deb mentioned Veronique at one point she'd gone to her house which is this really cool house and you know Deb loved houses and mm-hmm. uh, I remember her coming back and talking about how much she loved her place and but it was you know at, at the time it was just another person that she was walking with and, and sure. as we've said she went really deep with people in general but especially at this time yeah. She you know and there was lots of people she was networking with and talking to and walking with and so it didn't stand out you know necessarily to me but so. then
0: at some point the two of you met and this was for, through your mutual friend well the way it happened
2: actually is that I felt so you know I felt terrible obviously mm-hmm. so I went to the memorial I don't think he remembers that I went to the memorial it was the first memorial I went to mm-hmm. after my, my husband died it must have been hard it was really hard but I wore sunglasses and I sat in the back and I was like if it's hard for me it's so much harder for them mm-hmm. but I went to that and then so many people had been so kind to me when my husband died, they would drop off a book or drop yeah. off flowers or whatever. So I dropped off a book that was super helpful for me. And this was just like a daily meditation mm-hmm. that I I swear by. I loved yeah, it. It anchors really? you and I just bought it for everybody. And it was so I just dropped that off and I dropped cake off on, mm-hmm. on her, her birthday, just mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I remember birthdays and particularly whatever. And so I just dropped yeah. off a couple things just with a note i didn't even know if he knew exactly who i was but i just said you know i've gone through this if you ever need any any help you know i'm, yeah. I'm here but then i didn't hear from him and then COVID happened mm-hmm. and then i just wondered you know i hope they're okay i don't yeah. know where they are
1: we had left town for a while back at a family place yeah. for a number of months and then but i had been touched by what she had done it was it was really kind and yeah. i came back briefly in the summertime. I'd offered to take her out for a cup of coffee just to say thanks, and yeah. ended up being drinks and not coffee, mm-hmm. <laughs> just just because the time frame, you know, yeah, ended up being, sure. you know, four or five o'clock, and so we got together and we, you know, went to this place that that we both like, and it I was outside. You, you <laughs> did, and you felt badly. You're like, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't. You know, we didn't really know each other; we were yeah. kind of strangers, and we we're just telling our story. Yeah, you know? but
0: you had this really important thing in common.
1: Oh, incredible, right? Yeah. And a lot of other things in common. I mean, you know, we'd been married about the same length of time. We both had, you know, boys. I had three. She had two. They were about the same age. You know, we just we had so much in common. And I really liked her. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it was just really fun. And, and, And then I was out of town again for another couple of months, I think.
2: So we had this long, like like an old-fashioned yeah. back-and-forth by email. It was such a lovely thing because— Oh, and you were right. writing
0: emails? Oh. Yeah. It we wasn't were... even text? No.
2: We, no. I didn't no. even have his phone number. <laughs> I had no idea what his phone number was. We just back-and-forth, oh these goodness. long emails. Wow. And it was so nice because the thought of, like, getting together with anybody just freaked me out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was not even two years since my husband had died, and I was yeah. still a little bit scared about that. And so it was mm-hmm. nice to sort of get to know each other. Right. By email
0: yeah no so, pressure you know yeah so neither of you did any other sort of ventures into dating other than this no yeah well
1: i mean not on one other oh, that's right I... no and uh, yeah face, have like, to like, call... did i tell you
0: about this uh no she, <laughs> she did
1: know. she did know. um and you know in theory it was actually somebody i had known for a very long time so so, you know, in theory, it was... We we had gotten together professionally at other times, you know, because we'd just compare notes and, you know, she was married, I was married, it was no, nothing to it. But then she had subsequently got divorced and then, yeah. you know, this had happened and, I don't know, somehow we, we had been talking for a long time about comparing notes again and and I got together and it, it was... It felt much more like a date than it was just okay. a professional, sure. you know, because it was dinner and, you know, we got together and I, I just... I don't know. I
2: It wasn't the right fit. It
1: just wasn't the right fit. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I, I just can't, you know. And so I really wasn't... It's not like I was looking to get back out into the dating scene or whatever. Yeah. But Veronique and I had had this sort of great sort of dialogue going and got to know each other. And it did feel safe. I mean, we were in different cities. And it yeah. was over email. And it was started out genuinely, innocently as a, as a hey, thanks for being so kind. And yeah. she had been really, you know, it wasn't just dropping off food stuff it was yeah thoughtful things knowing what i was going through right which which really helped um but you know it was about that time it was about a year after um deb had passed and and all of a sudden i started getting you know LinkedIn requests oh, and, mm-hmm. you know, from people I would never hear from normally. Everyone's like,
0: the appropriate amount of time has passed. It was pretty clear. Yes. And...
1: It was pretty clear, yeah, yeah. that I was getting... Housing on him yeah, right. yeah. Jack's
0: on the market. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: And I kind of ran away from it generally. Sure, yeah. Uh, with one exception. <laughs> <Aww>.
0: <laughs> so um, did you go out to visit the family House
2: No, no, not at all, no, I was huh. no, it was very much like you know, when he comes back, you know, we'll see, so he came back and you know, we went on a proper date, yeah, and it was um it was lovely, you know, walked to our favorite restaurant in, in our town and and it was just very comfortable and very nice and I had been in a bereavement group that was super helpful to be honest, if I had not been in that group, I would have never even thought about dating anybody because I really felt like it I mean I really felt. Like I'd been the luckiest person in the world mm. to have found this yeah. man that I had this incredible relationship with. And I've had I have friends who, who have never found profound love or anything. And I thought I've had my love. Like I'm yeah. just gonna go back to being a single woman. I can handle it. I've I've been single before. I know I'm just gonna enjoy my life and I have lots of girlfriends and and so I did not I was not looking for it. But what was interesting is that the, a lot of the women in my bereavement group were starting to do like Match.com and things yeah. like that. And I, I was like, oh, I'm never going to do it. I, I know I was never going to do it, but the idea of ever potentially even going out with somebody else kind of was put in my head. And yeah. then I thought, oh, if they – they seem to be doing okay with it, you know, then I was more open to it. But yeah. it's just not something I, I, I would have done, I don't think.
0: So during this time when you were emailing back and forth and sort of building this relationship – did any of the boys have any idea that was going on yet?
1: Not at that time. No. No, they did uh-huh. not.
2: I didn't say anything. You didn't either? No. Yeah, because I didn't know if this was going anywhere. Like, yeah. I don't want to yeah. waste their time. When yeah, we were emailing,
1: it wasn't really dating at that sure. point, right? We were getting just to know getting other. to know each other. And it was all friendly. You know, it, it wasn't until much later I, when I came back and we, we went on the proper date. I don't remember when we brought the kids.
2: I remember. So we went on one date <laughs> that he took me on. And then I said, well, now I'm going to take you on a date. So it was like (laughs) two weeks later, I took him on a date. After that, it was really funny. And so nothing's happened romantically. You know, it's just friends, whatever. So the next, the third date, he says, come to my house. To, for dinner. Oh. I'll, I'll make you dinner and you can meet my kids and stuff. So this is before anything had happened. And you
0: and still me. the boys had no idea
1: Mm-mm. that no.
0: anything is happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, that was a bold move. And we didn't know anything was <laughs> happening. I know
1: In retrospect, it? <laughs> hearing it described this way, it does sound it a little surprising. Like, it like Jack, though. That's exactly <laughs> a, how little bit, a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit. Just
2: right into yeah, this I do, I do oh, dive not? into things,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> and so, yeah, so I went in there, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to this man's house, and I'm meeting his kids, which was exactly the opposite of what a lot of these girlfriends who were in my bereavement group, they're like, oh, yeah. oh my God, they would be dating people for months and months before letting their kids know, let alone have, introducing them. Yeah. But then I thought, you know, maybe the guy, you know, maybe he really kind of likes me, and he wants to make sure his kids like me, because otherwise... What's, the, What's point, the point, right? Yeah. And like, I think we're both so hesitant about the whole thing. And yeah. we went and, yeah, and I met his two boys because the other one was in college. And then I said, well, then now you have to come meet my kids. So he, he came over and had dinner at my house. And,
1: and it helped. I mean, you know, we, we had listened to a number of your podcasts and a lot of the parents have much younger kids. Yes, right? yes. And that's, we both said that we were lucky in that regard. Yeah. It, it makes it a lot easier. You know, the kids, uh, they've always been supportive of this throughout because they say, Dad, she makes you happy. Yeah. That's just so awesome. You know, yeah. I, I want you to be happy. She makes you happy.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a gift, right? For I mean, I, I don't know your your children, but mm-hmm. your kids are such good kids and so kind. And to have that coming into something new like this, that's a Yeah, well, you you know,
1: you really want that endorsement. And oh, that's yeah. something every parent can identify with, of right? Of course, yeah. So. So
0: do you have a conversation with – for both of you, did you have conversations with the boys where you said, like, okay, this is a romantic interest of mine? Or did you kind of just let it be a thing?
2: Uh, I didn't really. I mean, I felt like they could – I mean, both my boys have had girlfriends and they've been in relationships. So, yeah, I didn't didn't really define it.
1: I mean – as soon as they brought over for dinner, I think they sorted that out sure. pretty quickly, sure. <laughs> you know, being teenagers. Yeah. And, uh,
0: I mean, this is a really unique thing, just having you say, they had girlfriends before you had your boyfriend. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is a very different life circumstance. Yeah, right? And exactly. I'm thinking yeah. about, like, modeling for my kids yeah. what dating looks like. Your kids are already doing it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 That's yeah, it's, really It's interesting.
2: It's a different age group, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. The boys are all on board.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think they've been, I know my boys... They're all, they really like each other, which is miraculous. This is, is. by the way, this whole thing is a miracle. Yes. And I'm convinced <laughs> yeah. that it's our husband and wife. They've just kind of
0: conspired. Because you know, conspired
2: conspired. Yeah. there's no other yeah. way to explain it. It It is literally like a miracle. It feels like a miracle to me. Yeah, it's very movie-like. It is movie-like. It, it yeah. really feels like a movie. Like, it does. I can't believe it's like real because down to the fact that we are... That we have, you know, all boys and that they all like are the exact same ages, between 15 and 20. They're like woven into, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so.
1: They like getting together. We have dinners at one another's house and the, the boys like all every week actually and, look yeah. forward to, you know, going over and.
0: Yeah, because um, you could have wildly different kind of kids that just don't mesh. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're, they're all, all unique so...
1: personalities, right? They're all different in some ways, but they all get along you know really well which is a gift yeah. for us. Yeah. Yeah, you know, cuz we have had friends who've after a different relationship and the you know the kids don't get along and that's just put such strain on the yeah. relationship. Yeah, we're we're very fortunate.
0: Have you received way. any pushback from them at all?
1: No, I think that was, her boys were a little surprised when we announced we were engaged.
0: Okay, so that's new information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know,
2: again, the way you do things is like, "Whoa." Was, <laughs> it was a lovely way that you how did you propose? Oh, my God. You, you have to tell
1: her. Oh It's good. such this... a
2: lovely story.
1: <laughs> um, we had just gone away for a weekend visit down to Charleston. Hmm. I already had it in mind that I wanted to do this. And I have thought that, you know, maybe when we're down in Charleston, if I see like an, uh you know, an antique place yeah. that might have some rings that I would grab her and pull her in and like, you know, kind of surprise her <laughs> to, to talk about looking at rings or something. And we even saw another wedding in an outdoor venue. I was dropping hints left and right. And we about, were both
2: bawling. Yes, we were. <laughs> it
1: was, you know, we were. And I was dropping hints and stuff. And it completely missed her. I'm like, okay, so she's not. She's not she's there. She's not there. Clearly, she is not there. Is not there. Uh,
0: oh no, were you worried about a no? <laughs>
1: um, well, a little bit, but I don't tend to spend too much. Time, yeah. uh, fretting, worrying. Uh, worrying. <laughs> I don't. So anyhow, we came back, and and then I remember waking up one morning, and it was like literally 4 a.m. and I'm wide awake, and I thought, today's the day. I'm, <sighs> I'm going to ask her today. <laughs>
0: oh my god. <gosh>. And
1: <laughs> and, I, and I, I sort of hatched this plan. I thought if any step doesn't work out, I won't do it. I'll sort of recalibrate. But yeah. actually, the first thing I did is I walked along the lake, and I brought some paints with me and I painted one of the rocks at, at Northwestern oh wow yeah will you marry me <laughs>
0: is it still there
1: very neat <laughs> <laughs> longer story longer okay, story. okay. Um, <laughs> you know will you marry me and so and I got away with that so I'm like okay that's that's sorted but she won't see it you know I mean there's some risk she was gonna see it I was right. actually a little worried because she walks there every day what's basically. her name on it it was okay yeah okay then I came back and I went to a local jewelry store and they had a really cool ring and I thought, oh, that works. Yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> um, so I got that, and then I didn't even know if she was available. I got, we didn't have any arrangements. It was like, oh, on like a, to
0: hang out that day. You
1: mean? I mean, it was like a yeah it, during a the weekday, week yeah. So I, I called her up and I said, hey, let's let's go do a picnic. And I have to expect her to say, oh yeah, sorry, you know, I've got three girlfriends I'm walking with. And she's like, uh, yeah, I think I can do that. That'd be fun. Mm. So I got and I'm like. Oh shit this is actually not... <laughs> yeah. I, I really kind of thought somehow yeah. it something would conspire and it wouldn't quite happen and that was okay right yeah. because it seemed so rash in a way you know, of course, I wanted it right in front of the rock. Right. She was, you know, looking around at different places. And I was like, yeah. no, 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 got to be right here. It's got <laughs> yeah. to be right here. You know, we kind of set it up. And she was really excited. And I got flowers and brought food and stuff. And then I sort of walked her over to the rock.
0: Mm, that's very sweet. It,
1: it is. But her first reaction, by the way, I, oh. you know, I said, "Will you marry me. And she says, no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> so,
0: oh, no. That was not in my plan. Yeah. I had not really game this out. So...
1: I said, is that a hard no or are we negotiating now? <laughs> yeah. So after about, you know, 5 minutes, I think I talked her into yeah. it. Um, yeah. <laughs> because I, you know, like she said she just wasn't in her frame of reference. Like yeah. even though at that point we were clearly, you know, dating yes. and and serious with each other, it was uh, I just don't think, you know, so many of our friends who have gone through this, whether it's divorce or or death, You know, they just date each other. Yeah. And they're dating, you know, for long periods of time and their kids are adults. And, you know, it just it's to them, I guess it's fine. Yeah. But I just said this to Veronique the other day. I'm like, I don't want that kind of relationship. Yeah. I I don't want it to be, oh, I want you to meet my girlfriend or my partner. It just it doesn't represent how I feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what was going through your mind with the no, no, no?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just, it's funny because even that that very morning, walking on that very lake, I was telling my friend who brought us in common, she knew all about this kind of romance and how it was all because I'm a chatter and I, you know, and I was like, I can't believe this is happening. But I said, this is like great. This reminded me of like when my father-in-law lost his wife. He had a friend and they lived in separate houses and they had separate, but they would just go out to dinners and like have fun and go to trips and all this kind of stuff. And I was just telling her, this is kind of great. You know, we have our own independent lives, but we have each other and it's really fun. And I was just saying. That I was comfortable at that point with that. And also the other, but I think to your point about kids, though, I did have to manage my kids to be super honest. Yeah. And a lot of it was I'd have to kind of preempt them a little bit from what was happening. I would say, well, I'm starting to kind of like this guy. At that point, I already liked him, but I was kind of sort of little by little. You know how you just kind of little by little hold yes. your hand? Yeah. He proposed and like he wanted me to run home and tell them that we were going to get married. And mm. I had not caught up with my boys at that point, And I think they were totally... Totally shocked I think that's what I was You know what I mean Like that's what happens I think When you're an adult When you're You know You're grown And you've got kids And a house And whatever Is that I think my biggest priority And you know His biggest priority Is our kids You want them To sort of go along With this Without them Rejecting it all And if it's too fast You know They might think that And, And that's You remember That's what they said They were like isn't this too quick? Like, that's quick. That's,
1: <laughs> that's quick, is what I think they said. Um, yeah, and in fair, I think there's also a slight difference in that. You know, her boys lost their father, and I think they felt that mm-hmm. like they had to step into that role a little bit. And and you know, so from that standpoint, it was maybe a little harder to accept another male coming into the situation. Whereas that wasn't the story with my boys. That yeah. they didn't feel that. I think that might have yeah, been I part of it point. was yeah. the, the gender played into that. Yeah, some, that's that,
0: really interesting. The, and the
1: boys felt protective of her, understandably.
0: Yeah. 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 I wonder about this a lot. So I've uh, talked to two other men and, I mean, you know, 90% of my following is women. I mean, the stats show that there are way more women who are widowed anyway, but the men I have talked to have been very quick and decisive about Mm -hmm. moving forward, right? They're sort of, yeah, this really sucks. And I also want a bright future for myself. Whereas I feel like the women are much more like, I need time and to process. And it's just such an interesting juxtaposition. I mean, the circumstances feel really different, but that's a fascinating way to look at it. And I know the man I'm dating, he's always very worried about this. Like, I don't want to step on you know, your husband's toes or for the kids to see me in any way that feels threatening. And it's so delicate.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Right. So was the no, 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 like I haven't caught my kids up? Yeah, Or basically. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I was
2: completely falling uh, in love with think him. She, I, mean... I don't think she'd caught
1: up yet. <laughs>
2: <way>. <laughs> I'm very slow. I'm kind of a slow, I think I'm just things slowly. And so I just sort of, um yeah, I think more than, it, it was like my kids, right? It was like yeah. protecting them. and um But of course I was, overjoyed because I've been falling in love and adored you and adore you and mm-hmm. and I was, you know so it was it was super exciting but honestly just very unexpected like we had yeah. talked about it, do you know what I mean? So yeah. it was not like, yeah. but it was just so romantic and so amazing.
0: I also love that you painted the rock because when I see those rocks, I always picture like a 22 year old out yeah. there painting the rock <laughs> and yeah. now I have this vision of you doing it Exactly, <laughs> yes um, So, okay, so you're engaged. Is there a plan for the marriage or for moving in or yes. any of those things
1: well uh yes there's a plan we're getting married in june oh so, so soon yes yay Loping. yeah yep. oh well, you sound like our kids oh i
0: <laughs> i just so mean soon. like i just mean like compared That's to so right quick. this minute <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i guess we
2: hadn't caught you up on it but yeah. yeah so he proposed to me june of last year. Yeah, so it's it will it will be a year. Yeah. So it's very fun. We're, we're having a very we decided to to get married um far away
1: oh. in a very different
2: place from the the same very different setting and yeah. very different. And so we're um, we decided to get married in Portugal and we wanted it to be like a magical wedding and just Aww. family, just a tiny little group of people to I just be that. there for us. So,
0: Travel yeah. is my like, just like get away from home. And okay, can I just tell you that's the
2: big thing for me too. Yeah. But then after my, my husband died, he died in to, you know at the end of 2018. 2019, I, tr- I wanted to go as far away as possible. I traveled yes. like crazy. Just get out of here. Yeah, just go, go. Because mm-hmm. when you go somewhere else, you kind of feel like there's new life. And, yes. and those people, I, I, would, I remember thinking... Those people have no idea uh-huh. that I am a widow. They have no idea that what I've gone through. Right? Yeah, and you can just kind of be you, be a different new person or yeah. whatever, and just and then and there's so much life out there. There's so many people. I I, I feel that yes. I feel that sense of travel, constant wanting to constantly wanting to travel. Yeah,
1: you know, there's an interesting parallel to that, which is when we've gone to places, you know, out of town or, or yeah. something, where where people don't know us, we will be sitting down and somebody will say to you, "Oh, does your wife want you yeah. know yeah. Uh, another glass of wine?" Or, you know, and we both commented on how nice it is mm. just not to have all the history just to and the freight up. and the yeah exactly
2: yeah they I asked um, me oh these are all your five because we went all, all, to- your kids. <laughs> you all your kids five boys and they're all like you know very tall and yes. good looking and very um and so like i remember we went to on a trip together those seven of us and the woman said these are all your boys and i said yeah I I mean, because I was not going to say, you know. (laughs) Like, wait, let me tell you the whole story. story." Yeah, Yeah. yeah. exactly. But I was like,
0: yeah, God, it's a lot of boys. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But yeah. All right. So, Portugal in a little over a month. Yeah. Wow. A lot to do
2: still to to get it to all work out. But
0: yeah. And then, which amazing house are you going to live in? (gasps)
1: <gasps> both
0: oh million dollar
1: question <laughs> yeah.
0: okay not yet decided no.
1: well you know she has uh, her youngest is going to be a senior in high school next year okay um you know i've got one who's just going to be a sophomore so yeah. we don't really want to uproot their lives you know the the other thing we haven't mentioned we live like four blocks apart yeah that's so nice which is just another reason we think it's so fortuitous miraculous whatever but yeah. it is nice it's not like i'm having to Get in the car and drive for half an hour to see her. Yeah, it's, you know we're gonna wait till her son's out of high school, and then she might come and stay with me for a couple of years, and probably yeah. keep her house, and then yeah. and then we'll figure it out. Yeah, right. Yeah. So
0: this has been really really nice. First of all, like just personally, I love hearing your story since me I know too. you, and mm-hmm. it's nice to have the inside track on what was <laughs> happening. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just so dreamy. And, like, this is sort of what everybody hopes for, right? It's like, oh, I met someone at the grocery store. A friend introduced right. me. And um, so I just am so happy for you both. And Yeah.
1: We, we say that oftentimes that, you know, neither of us – I mean, we're older than your average listenership, right? As yeah. you said. Yeah. And it's not like our generation hasn't done the Match.coms or sure. Bumbles or whatever. But just – that's not something I think anybody yearns to do, no. right? No. And and I think both of us were like, I, I don't imagine, I, I just can't imagine myself having done that. And I'm pretty sure you just wouldn't have, period.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's also really interesting and beautiful and hopeful that you sort of didn't envision this, but that it's, it's still there and it's still out there.
2: And I, I, I do remember when, you know, like after a year, year and a half, they were like, you know, and my whole thing was, I if I if there is a wonderful man that crosses my path I'm not going to say no oh I mean I'm not an idiot um, but I said I just the same way that I met my my husband my first yeah. husband it was like I just I really have this kind of way of looking at the world if it's meant to be it will Present itself somehow. I mean, I, I feel like we were just amazingly lucky for sure. But
0: yeah, but then also to have that confidence of like my life is great as it is, and I don't need you, but you're a wonderful exactly. addition.
2: The big thing that I would tell myself is, and I've done a lot of. I mean, I did so much therapy, bereavement groups, I did meditation, I did a lot of a lot of things to kind of get get me through my grief. Yeah, and and one of them was starting to fall in love with my life, fall yes. in love with with me, and yeah. I think that. Not needing it is really important. Yeah, be, I, think, you know? I think
1: there's something to that because it's appealing, it's attractive when somebody is comfortable with who they are, right? It's also, I think, gives you some comfort that this person isn't out there just, just trying to find somebody. Of you know, yeah. it doesn't feel like there's that, you know, um, anybody settling that's, is there a honeymoon? I would say that that I think had the best idea for a honeymoon I've ever heard, <laughs> which is we both sort of share tennis in common, you oh, know, yeah. we love playing, yeah. and you know our kids play, and we're we playing just, at our wedding too. You are yes, <gasps> we're gonna have a round robin tournament because oh she grew gosh. up in a tennis family and yes, I did, and I so love it. it's gonna be really fun. But we're gonna make our honeymoon. We're gonna go to every Grand Slam tennis tournament. All around the world. That's a
0: great idea. Yeah. All right. So, um, just thank you both so much for doing this. It was really lovely, and I would love to do a check back and just see how things are going in a couple months. Of course, sure. Thank you. Thank
2: you for having us. I hope that this is this gives people kind of a sense of hope because there's definitely yeah definitely
1: longing. If not, (laughs)
0: like how do I find my magic moon? All right. Thanks, guys. Thank Thank you. So as someone who has done some dating online, I am very aware that this is not everyone's story and that Jack and Veronique were incredibly fortunate to have found each other through this incredibly difficult and challenging time in life. I'm so happy for them. What a wonderful way to connect with someone on a deep and meaningful level. The thing that will stick out to me the most is hearing Veronique talk about falling in love with your life before truly seeking out someone. What wise advice. We just have two more episodes left of season one, and I'm really excited, actually, about the last two coming up. And also, while I'm not a fan of the pitch I'm basically all about total transparency so I'm just gonna let you all know that this summer I really would love to work on getting a little sponsorship for the show so that I could be paid for some of the work that goes into this I really love doing it and what it's doing for the community and I hear from all of you a lot about how much you love it too and I just would love to put in a plea maybe this week instead of reaching out to me to tell me how much you love the podcast, which I always do really love. If you could just submit a review just wherever you listen to your podcasts, the numbers actually just really help in terms of the hopes for getting a sponsor. So um, thank you all so much for the amazing feedback. And I genuinely appreciate you listening. This has been Dating After Death.